Welcome to Wealth and Understanding, Conversations with the Riverview Trust Company. In this series, we hope to demystify the financial and estate planning process. We'd like to help our clients and friends make informed decisions that they feel good about. In this edition, we're going to answer the question, where does your stuff go when you die? More specifically, we're going to look at the ways that property can pass at the property owner's death. And this process, which is referred to as the titling of the property, is perhaps the most important and maybe also the most overlooked aspect of the estate planning process as a whole. If your assets are not properly titled, your estate plan may not work the way that you intend it to. The key to understanding property titling is to think of the different categories of property that a person can own. And I like to think of it in terms of five different categories. The first is single ownership property. And this includes generally property that you own in your own name, or in some cases property that you own with another person if you own it as tenants in common, which is a technical term that you'll see in titling documents. Note, though, that it does not include certain property that you own with other people, nor does it include retirement plans or life insurance, both of which we'll talk about in a second. The second type of property that you can own is right of survivorship property. And this includes property that you jointly own with another person, but that passes automatically to the surviving co-owner at the first co-owner's death. This property is often referred to as joint tenancy with right of survivorship, and sometimes you'll see the abbreviation JTWROS. That means that it's joint tenancy with right of survivorship, and that at the first co-owner's death, the surviving co-owner automatically takes all of the contents of the account or all of the property. There's also a special type of joint tenancy with right of survivorship available only to spouses known as tenancy by the entireties. This is a survivorship property, but that also has some special asset protection aspects to it. And it tends to be available only in separate property states like Oregon. The third type of property that you can own is what you might think of as beneficiary designation property. This is property that has a beneficiary designation attached to it. The most common types of this property are life insurance and retirement plans, 401ks and IRAs, but it can also include annuities and some employee benefits. The fourth category of property that you can own is community property. And certain states like Washington, but not Oregon, are community property states. And what this means is that anything that you acquire with your earnings while you're married is automatically owned half by you and half by your spouse, regardless of who owns the title to the property. So if I create an investment account with earnings that I've acquired during my marriage and the the account is in my name only, my wife still owns half of it, even though it's in my name only. Notice that property that you acquire by gift or inheritance, or property that you acquire before marriage is always your separate property and is not divided in half the way community property is. The final type of property is what's known as trust property. 
and this is property that's held by a trustee in trust. And a trust, just for your background, and we'll cover this in another edition, is simply a contract entered into by three people. The person who creates the trust, known as the grantor or the settlor, the person who holds title to the property, which is the trustee, and the person for whom the trust is created, known as the beneficiary. And so a, a settlor or a grantor can create a trust by giving property to a trustee and asking that that trustee administer the property according to the terms of the trust agreement for the benefit of the beneficiary. And as that description suggests, the property held by a trustee passes according to the terms of the trust agreement, either at the grantor's death or at some other time. Okay, now that we've talked about the different ways in which you can own property, let's talk about how that property passes at your death. The first group of property ownership, that is single ownership property, which includes not only property that you hold in your own name, but also property that you hold with somebody else as tenants in common, passes according to the terms of your will. The second category, right of survivorship property, we've already covered. Uh, that passes at the first co-owner's death automatically to the second co-owner, regardless of what the first co-owner's will might say. The third category, beneficiary designation property, passes, as the name suggests, according to the beneficiary designation. The fourth category of property, community property, passes according to your will or revocable trust, but only as to half. The other half is owned by your spouse, and if he or she survives you, he or she owns half of it. And then finally, as we've discussed, trust property passes according to the terms of the trust agreement entered into by the grantor who created the trust and the trustee. Now, as you've probably already figured out, the titling of assets can change dramatically the way that it passes at your death, often in ways that you may not want it to. For example, let's say that I have a will that says my wife gets everything that I own when I die. But let's also say that my assets consist of a house, a bank account, and a brokerage account. And let's say the house is owned by my wife and I as tenants by the entireties. The bank account has a POD designation naming my two sons, and the brokerage account is held joint with writer survivorship with my business partner. In this case, my will that says my wife gets everything is completely superseded by the way that I've owned the assets. The house, which I said was joint tenancy uh, by, with right of survivorship, passes automatically to my wife. But the bank account goes to my sons because it was entitled TOD or POD. And the brokerage account goes to my business partner. This is not what I intended, but there's no way to prevent this from occurring if my assets are not titled appropriately. So how do I keep this from happening? The most effective way to make sure that your estate plan works the way you want it to is to take an inventory of all of your assets. Make a list in two or three columns, write down the name of the account or the name of the asset, where it's located and how it's owned. And then compare that list against the estate planning documents that you have. For example, if you have a revocable trust, 
Most, if not all of your assets should be transferred into the name of the trustee, which is probably you. If you have a will, then those properties should all be titled in your name only without a TOD or POD designation. If you don't have a will or a trust, maybe you want to rely on the beneficiary designation or the TOD, POD designation, or perhaps even the joint ownership of the property, and that would allow it to pass without a will or a trust. There are drawbacks to that, uh, as we can discuss in future episodes. This podcast was written and produced by Riverview Trust Company, which is solely responsible for its content. Although we've discussed generally some legal concepts, Riverview Trust Company does not provide legal advice. You should consult with your own attorney to decide whether the general ideas that we've presented in this podcast are right for you. Post-production work was done, and our theme music was created by James Klein. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 